0: introducing mr. T consulting for all your occupational therapy needs from the creator of ot talk with mr T comes the newest forum for occupational therapy consulting occupational therapy seeks to help individuals live life to its fullest by helping individuals be as independent and as functional in their own lives and their own roles but ot goes beyond the sessions in the clinical therapy room which are often limited to a few times a week for set time frames and often only only deal with the clients themselves, forgoing the crucial family aspect and home environmental factor. What about educating, incorporating, implementing, and consulting treatment of the client that goes home after the sessions with the rest of the family? What about if you're unsure if you want actual sessions, but just want advice from a real-life OT, the host of OT Talk with Mr. T, with over four years experience in the public school system as a pediatric OT, working with both general education children and children with special needs, Mr. T has met with countless clients and families incorporating key transferability and generalizability of skills learned in therapy for the client to use in their home life and home environment, which is essential for carryover of skills learned in therapy. Come meet with Mr. T, email maximumtee at yahoo.com or call 516-486-2849. Hello and welcome back to OT Talk with Mr. T, the show where we talk how to live occupationally as well as how to incorporate fine motor skills and functional life skills. I'm your host, Mr. T. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at maximumt.e.e@yahoo.com. at yahoo.com. We're rounding off the last couple of topics the last few weeks here in season 2 of OT Talk then we'll take our summer hiatus and come back God willing at the beginning of the school year with many different topics and a few new series God willing Nedder. Let's talk Pet therapy part two, otherwise known as animal assisted therapy. And AOTA.org talks about this at publication news slash OTP slash archive slash 2019 slash animal assistedaspx dot ASPX. So, this is by Melissa Y. Winkle and Karen Nee in 2019, January 2019. Animal Assisted Intervention 101. Animal Assisted Intervention, AAI, encompasses four areas animal assisted activities, which is AAA, animal assisted education, which is AAE, animal assisted therapy, AAT, and animal support, AS. AAI Intentionally incorporates animals in health education and human service to facilitate improved health and wellness. Animal Assisted Intervention International, AAII, and the Internet. International Association of Human Animal Interaction Organizations. If you're interested in doing AAI, the article provides a quick reference to uniform terminology and case examples. For AAA and AAE, volunteer teams are trained, evaluate and registered to provide short and formal opportunities for motivational, educational, recreational benefits. Teams may assume more formal roles by teaming up with healthcare professionals in AAT. AAT-OT practitioners include animals in planned, goal-directed, and measurable intervention activities designed to promote improvement in existing client goal areas. The practitioners and animals receive continuing education, training, and skills to participate in the specialty practice of aat As This person in this position is responsible for the health, welfare, and well-being of the service animal. They advocate for the animals to ensure safe and enjoyable interactions. OT practitioners carry the responsibility of AS after becoming educated in animal behavior, handling, training, welfare, and advocacy so they may appropriately work with animals in practice. AAT within the context of OT can be a meaningful way to connect with individuals to encourage participation and improve the quality of life. In the domain and process, the OTPF, the OT Practice Framework, care of pets is listed as an IADL, an instrumental activity of daily living. Through AAT practitioners, are also able to address goals in many areas of occupation, including ADLs, the activities of daily living, IADLs, the instrumental activities of daily living, play, leisure, work, and social participation to improve motor skills, process skills, social interaction skills, and much, much more. For example, in an SNF, a skilled nursing facility, if someone goes and could be an OTA or an OT and incorporates AAT into the interventions, the clients can express their love of animals and that they miss their pets. So if you bring the pet into the session, you, for example, the practitioner adopts a two-year-old mixed breed dog named Maggie who loves to socialize with people and has quickly learned basic obedience skills. The dog, the animal, can have the person, perfect personality to work in the clinic and to handle the clients and to be there, and she could go with the client, she could go with the therapist, and they could work together with the client to achieve goals that they would not be able to do without it. I remember growing up, I always, always, always loved dogs. Dogs have a certain affinity. Everybody can have a different type of pet. Some people are cat people. Some people are dog people. I, myself, am a dog person, and I always loved the golden retrievers and the yellow labs. For some reason, those were the personality of the dogs that I connect with most, but every dog has a different personality. Him. Every person has a different connection with a different type of dog. So if you figure out what the client likes, what the student like, what the tra- what the child likes, or what the family member likes, they can find the dog. They could find the animal that could connect with them best. Especially if there's a senior who's very lonely and not not too old that has the differences that cannot allow for such a thing, but at a certain age, or maybe there's an aide or someone that's there that can help her have that companionship if, God forbid, there's no longer a spouse or the family lives far away, a lot of times the animal can help and can give them a presence of another being to care for, another thing in their house, something that's there, that waits for them at the end of the day, that's something there, and it can help them, and it can be with them. The client can work with the dog, can work with the animal. It could be a calm presence for the individual, for children who are working in self-regulation, it can motivate them to participate in activities that might be difficult or last longer than they would like. If they have postural stability the client or upper extremity and fine motor goals, the, the dog can propel themselves and prone them on a scooter. They can get a piece of the dog p- of kibble and can deliver it to the client, and then the client can see what to do. The, the client can come there and can help them achieve goals that they might not be able to do. A lot of times, if there's executive functioning or sequencing or motor planning, but they can't get there if you bring the dog in, especially if the clients love the dogs, they love the pets, that could be a wonderful way to get them involved and to get them to find these different things, especially if they have developmental delays or attention deficits and difficulties with following instructions, controlling impulses, grading movements, coping with adversity. If they love the animal, and they love the dog. That is such a wonderful thing. Uh, remember when there was a dog brought into my uh, clinical fieldwork when we were in mental health? That was like a whole game changer for the whole day. A lot of clients that were aggressive, that were a little bit too verbal, a little bit too in the face of everybody else. Once they saw the dog, once the dog came... They were able to be much gentler and much calmer. The dog or the animal can bring that part out If people, the gentle petting, the brushing, the the dog allowing them to have the positive interactions, the positive relationships. Maybe the person has so much care they want to give and they don't know how to give that care. But the dog, the animal can allow such facilitation. It could allow the skills to be transferred. It could allow for the love to be given in a functional, practical, good way. There is wonderful ways to use them, and there's so many organizations that have these dogs and have these animals, so why not? Different questions that can be involved are things that we should think about and we should try to include in general, but just quickly, animal assisted therapy, we talked about how it could be brought into the, the therapy setting, how it could be used. It's a different category, the animal intervention and activities and the therapy itself and the care are different things we talked about, and we talked about how we have to get hands-on workshops, we have to make sure that you have the skills and that it's a safe environment that the clients can allow it and can receive it and it won't be overstimulating or overwhelming for the clients. It should be good things like that. We should find the volunteer organizations, get a trained dog and make sure to self-train yourself. Make sure it's always safe. We just want to reiterate all these points as we finish up. Make sure you have the education, the training and the dog behavior and the training. Make sure there's basic obedience and social skills. We don't want God forbid the dog barking too loudly. It's going to be overwhelming for someone that has auditory issues. We don't want it to bite anyone or hurt anyone, God forbid. We want to make sure it's the right dog for the job. Don't just show up with the dog. Make sure to prepare the clients in advance, prepare the program, prepare the facility, make sure there's policies and procedures, and make sure that there's professional and general liability insurance. We don't want anybody to, God forbid, be in trouble at all. But any other area we try to bring into practice like this, we have to make sure that there's justification, goals, responsibilities, education, and outcomes. But that could be a wonderful thing for clients. It could be a wonderful thing for children. And it could be a wonderful thing overall. I love dogs. I love pets. I hope you do as well. And I hope you consider thinking about using it for your clients, your students, your children, or anyone you know that might benefit. Join us next time as we talk about hippotherapy, the use of horses in therapy here on OT Talk with Mr. T. And I'm your host, Mr. T.